Chapter Eleven of Peggy Raymond's School Days, or Old Girls and New, by Harriet Lemus Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven, Mrs. Raymond's At Home. Peggy had come in late for dinner. In spite of the cheerful exuberance of her greeting, her manner was preoccupied, and she gave such close attention to her meal that she finished ahead of the others. Something in her manner, as she sat waiting, suggested a bird ready for flight. Mrs. Raymond knew the signs. "'Are you going out this evening, Peggy?' Peggy came, too, with a start. "'Out? Oh, yes. Blanche has invited a crowd of us over there. We always have such fun at Blanche's. She's the nicest sort of hostess. I thought Priscilla had planned something for this week. Oh, Priscilla's affair comes off to-morrow evening. You see, Friday night and Saturday are the only time for social affairs, so they're pretty well filled up. Yes, said Mrs. Raymond. So I've noticed. Now there's tomorrow, continued Peggy gaily. I've got a little work to do at the library in the morning, and from there I'm going to meet some of the girls at the skating rink. Miss Williamson, the gym teacher, is going with us, and in the afternoon Mary Donaldson is going to give a box party to see angels in art, and one of the girls is sick, so Mary asked me. Think of sitting in a box, cried Peggy radiantly, and having people look at you through opera glasses between the acts. The family pushed back their chairs, Mr. and Mrs. Raymond laughing at Peggy's naive delight, but Dick eyed his sister with a fine masculine scorn. That's just like a girl, crazy to be looked at. They'll probably think we're all the daughters of millionaires, continued Peggy, unabashed by her brother's contempt, and they will study the blue silk we made over, mother, thinking it is the latest design from Paris. That's the way I always feel about folks who sit in boxes. When she came downstairs dressed for Blanche's, her mother was alone in the living room with the ubiquitous mending basket beside her. Peggy stooped for a good-bye kiss. Father gone out? It's the night the building association meets, dear. Oh, yes, I forgot. Where's Dick? The Boy Scouts have something on hand tonight. Peggy looked at the clock. It's later than I thought. I must hurry. She went as far as the door, then turned abruptly and came back. Mother, there wasn't any work you'd planned for tomorrow, was there? Work that you wanted my help about? Peggy's mother smiled up at her fondly. Bless your heart, child, no. Because for all I'm such a butterfly of fashion, declared Peggy earnestly, I'm not such a selfish little beast that I want to rush from one place to another, having a good time, while you're slaving— Mrs. Raymond let her sewing drop and patted Peggy's cheek. "'Nonsense,' she answered with a little laugh. "'There's no extra work for tomorrow, and even if there were, Sally and I would be equal to it. I'm sure neither of us will be as busy as you seem likely to be.' "'But my busyness will be such a jolly kind,' laughed Peggy, her good spirits quite restored, and she went her way without a backward look. Mrs. Raymond was smiling as she picked up her sewing but the smile was like an elusive glimpse of the moon on a cloudy night. Almost immediately it was replaced by the expression which had caught the attention of the self-absorbed Peggy, and which accounted for her self-accusing question. Most mothers of girls who are approaching womanhood will understand the feeling back of that wistful look. Mrs. Raymond's home life had been a very absorbing interest since her marriage at twenty. Her husband's income was small, much of the time she had done her own work and made the little garments for alice and peggy and dick and had nursed all three through the ailments of childhood and had never thought of herself as anything but the most fortunate and the happiest of women 
Peggy's radiantly cheerful disposition was perhaps less a heritage than the result of living all her life in so sunny a home atmosphere. But of late Mrs. Raymond was finding it harder to be content. She accused herself of ingratitude. The hardest years were over, the family income was sufficient to pay Sally's wages, and secure a dressmaker's services occasionally. Mrs. Raymond told herself that she had the dearest children any mother could wish, and that their happiness was hers. She scolded herself after Peggy had gone out, speaking aloud to make the reproof more impressive. The dear child! She'd have given up her pleasure in a minute if she thought I needed her. I ought to be the happiest woman in the world. As if to prove how happy she was, she hunted for her handkerchief and wiped her eyes. Then she laughed, a queer, faint ghost of a laugh. It's too ridiculous, but it's true. Just the same. I'm homesick for Peggy. Now that she had put a name to her malady, she felt better. Homesickness, that was it exactly. For this popular, busy, bustling Peggy had so many claims upon her time that her home hardly saw her. Even her studying was often done at the homes of her classmates, especially now that so many of them had developed such an absorbing interest in her progress. And Mrs. Raymond was getting quite accustomed to having the telephone tinkle in the middle of the afternoon, and to have Peggy say, "'I'm going to Amy's for dinner. We're planning to do several miles of French exercise tonight.' The hostess varied, of course. Sometimes Peggy studied her history with Mary Donaldson, or her Latin with Priscilla, but the feature of the message, important from Mother's standpoint, was the same, namely that Peggy would not be home to dinner. Sometimes she felt that she would see nothing of Peggy were it not for the recurring meals, for when Peggy was home in the evening she retired to her own room to study, frequently, with one of her school friends to keep her company. Peggy had been out to dinner twice in the week, that was ending in such a burst of gaiety, and Mrs. Raymond's homesickness was reaching the acute stage. A thought came to her as she sat there which pulled one corner of her mouth up in a rather wry smile. But the thought persisted, and the other corner elevated itself, the resulting smile bearing a striking family relationship to Peggy's own. "'I believe I'll do it,' said Mrs. Raymond. And the resolution, whatever it was, had such a cheering effect that the family, straggling in one by one, found a sunshiny mother, smiling light-heartedly over her work. It was the following Monday morning that the postman arriving at breakfast time, as usual, brought three square envelopes, directed in the same hand. Sally, who answered his ring, handed each to its rightful owner, scrutinizing the postmark as she did so. "'Looks like you're left out, ma'am,' said Sally, addressing Mrs. Raymond. "'Some folks think grown-up women never want a mite of fun.' The odor of something scorching interrupted her expression of sympathy, and she flounced into the kitchen to attend to her pancakes. "'Whatever does she mean? Are they invitations?' asked Mr. Raymond, regarding his envelope with languid curiosity. But Dick, whose relations with the United States Mail Service were spasmodic and infrequent, had made use of a tine of his fork as a letter-opener, immediately upon receiving his missive. The result of his investigations was almost startling. Without raising his eyes, and in low, thrilling tones, he demanded of the assembled household, "'What do you know about that?' Peggy and her father hastily followed Dick's example. Peggy read on the enclosed card these words, written in a familiar hand. "'Mrs. Dwight L. Raymond. At home, Saturday, January the twenty-ninth, seven-thirty to ten. R.S.V.P.' Peggy looked at her father. He was smiling in a rather self-conscious fashion. 
she looked at dick who had evidently forgotten all about his breakfast in his perplexity then she looked at her mother mrs raymond was pouring her husband's second cup of coffee her manner utterly detached is it a party dick questioned turning to the one at the table who could solve the riddle mrs raymond reflected you might call it that are there going to be lots of folks here there have only been three invitations sent out of course if any of our friends drop in we shall be glad to see them only three invitations just us three dick's gesture included his silent father and sister yes then i don't see what you sent us invitations for why didn't you just tell us mrs raymond left her small son to puzzle out the answer to that question neither of the others at the table spoke and shortly after peggy excused herself and went upstairs when she started for school a few minutes later an envelope stamped and sealed lay upon her pile of school books it reached her mother on the noon delivery miss peggy raymond is very happy to accept mrs raymond's invitation for saturday the twenty ninth in her odds and ends of time during the week that followed peggy did some serious thinking peggy had not shared dick's mystification over the means mrs raymond had adopted for securing a quiet evening with her family the reason had at once been apparent to peggy's quick wit and her conscience always tender had accused her of neglecting her mother it was really a relief when she received an invitation for saturday evening as that gave her a chance to say with decision oh thank you very much but i have another engagement saturday morning was lowering and by late afternoon a heavy snowstorm with a driving wind made home seem extremely attractive and lessened the probability that any chance outsider would enjoy mrs raymond's hospitality nevertheless when she came down to dinner she wore the black crepe de chine which when enlivened by a white lace collar was recognized in the family as mother's party gown and peggy made her appearance in the blue which she had fondly believed might impress certain observers as a paris creation look at mother and peggy father dick burst out aren't they dead swell looks as if the men of this family had got left dick had reached the slangy age he could hardly get through a sentence without it the men of the family will have time to shave after dinner replied mr raymond generously accepting his son's classification and dick carried away by the fascination of the idea felt his smooth chin thoughtfully as if he half expected to find it bristling the evening was what peggy called an old-fashioned good time dick had a new trick he had learned which no one but his mother had had time to notice dick mystified the company to his heart's content and then relaxed and showed them exactly how it was done you just practice it a while and you can do it as well as i can dick told peggy patronizingly and you can make those high school girls feel like thirty cents mrs raymond had a box of old family photographs in readiness and she brought them out when dick had finished there are few things more certain to warm the heart and provoke laughter and bring the tears for that matter than a box of old family photographs there was peggy an incredibly plump morsel of a girl smiling at the camera in a way that must have enchanted the photographer weary of requesting people to look pleasant and there was peggy's older sister in all stages from toothless infancy up to the picture taken in her wedding dress peggy held the latter in her hand a long time how funny her dress looks mother and it isn't so many years since alice was married but hasn't she the sweetest darlingest happiest look about her i'm glad the fashion in faces does not change it does though look at me dick held up a photograph taken of himself at the age of four his chubby face puckered into an expression of unbelievable ferocity 
dear me i remember just how cross you were that day mused mrs raymond reminiscently you kicked and you screamed and every attempt the photographer made to attract your attention you seemed to resent as an insult when i took you home that afternoon i was too tired to eat my dinner there were other pictures over which they all laughed together photographs of mr raymond in his boyhood and young manhood photographs of mrs raymond with her hair tightly curled all over her head kodak pictures with the grotesque poses characterizing the amateur photographer flashlight pictures where the usual order was reversed and all eyes were tightly closed and all the mouths wide open the raymond family grew hilarious before they reached the bottom of the pile now i've got a nice story for your father to read to us mrs raymond said to peggy get your fancy work no not the mending dearie this is my party and i want everything festive there was nothing mr raymond liked better than reading aloud and there were few things peggy liked better than listening dick's attitude was plainly judicial in the beginning but his mother had chosen the story with forethought there was enough of adventure to appeal to dick a spice of sentiment which peggy was sure to enjoy and a country background for the benefit of mr raymond who had been brought up on a farm for half an hour the story held them breathless and then mrs raymond slipped out into the kitchen declining peggy's offer of assistance with a shake of her head no thank you peggy she said you're just a guest to-night the refreshments are always an interesting feature of a party mrs raymond served cocoa with mountainous islands of whipped cream floating about on chocolate-colored waves and a new delicious sort of sandwiches which left one in pleasing uncertainty as to their composition but in no doubt whatever as to their excellence and the collation included the ginger cakes which the raymond family regarded as supreme in their line and every one ate as if the regular dinner had been omitted they were finishing the last crumbs when the clock struck ten party's over said mrs raymond and smiled upon the little circle but in her eyes was something of appeal well it's been out of sight this was dick's verdict when are you going to have another i've had a perfectly lovely time said peggy i don't know when there's been a nicer evening but her mother felt a reserve back of the girlish enthusiasm and waited for the rest it came when peggy went to her mother's room to say good-night dick was in bed and in the cellar mr raymond was wrestling with some clinkers in the furnace peggy put her arms about her mother and held her fast mother i believe you've been lonely and i've been selfish and i'm going to turn her mother laid her finger on her lips so that resolution was never spoken no dear you're not selfish it's only nature and we mothers know from the start that it must be we know our little girls must grow up and choose their friends and pleasures and work and take their places in the world mothers have to start all over again peggy when the boys and girls grow up instead of snatching minutes for the things that interest them they have to find new interests to fill their lives it isn't wrong it isn't cruel it's just the way things must be and all we can ask of you is to give us time to let us down easy as dick would say she was laughing as she finished but the cheek against which peggy pressed her own was wet by a splash of warm tears and peggy was conscious of an odd illogical certainty that she had left her girlhood behind forever for her mother had spoken to her as one woman to another end of chapter 11